Blog Talk Radio. Now, 
Listen, it's been great. So many things have happened since the last time we've talked. I, I'm excited. Um, I've moved to Philadelphia, and uh, I, I'm, I'm coming to you live out of West Philadelphia, and I I feel very comfortable. A lot of people were worried that, you know, moving from Jersey to Philly, I'd have a little problem, but I didn't. I had no culture shock whatsoever. It's like I've lived here my whole my whole life. You know, I I feel very at home. Um we got a few things we're going to talk about um, before my guest comes on at 9.30. Uh, I wanted to, 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 to continue on. I wanted to make sure that everybody understood. The Mind Beneath the School is a radio show that discusses uh, the miseducation of our African children in Philadelphia, uh, what can be done about it, what entities are out there that are involved in this miseducation, whether it be political, whether it be uh, economics, whether it be environmental, okay, it, it, with the, the leadership, administration, whatever it may be, because our our children are not receiving at all times the education that they uh, are, are duly uh, 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 in need of, okay, and have a right to. Um, and because of this and the entities, the, the mind beneath the school, the idea is that this mind, okay, which is not, you know, there underneath the educational system is not always a positive mind, okay? It, it, it is always a successful mind, but it is not that the, the positiveness of these entities does not always come about, and uh, uh, everybody has an agenda. And a lot of times these agendas affect how our children are being miseducated. Okay, uh, right now in Philadelphia, it's it's still a mess. It's a hot mess. They just released this list of the city's best schools, and whatever re- the reason for the the schools to be the best, they did it on their own uh, because they sure didn't do it with the with the help of 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 the city of of, of Philadelphia. Okay, they can't even agree on a budget. Okay, the state can't even agree on a budget on how to budget these schools. The 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 uh, uh, head of the schools, uh, Height, Superintendent Height, has said, you know, if, if in fact the budget isn't agreed upon, he may have to shut down the schools at the end of the month. Uh, the 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 uh, city council is going back and forth on how this this funding is going to happen. We have a a new mayor that's got inaugurated Kenny. I will reserve. Some people you think he's the real deal, and some people who I admire think that you know he's the truth. I'll I'll hold my. I see how he handles this whole school situation. Uh, elected a new governor since the last time we spoke, uh, Tom Wolf, and of course we have the same uh, president of city council, uh, Daryl Clark. So uh, we'll see how things work out. But so far. It isn't, you know, the state legislature has not passed this, this this budget. They're holding back funds and money, and uh, it's, it's it's a hot mess. And something new that's been added for this year that didn't work out, they have outsourced uh, the uh, way in which substitute teachers are hired. So you have uh, a whole group of people, in, in out of Cherry Hill, New Jersey, where I just left, okay, who are coming in here to 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 uh, bring in substitutes. They promised that they would, you know, fill in all the vacancies. Eighty, ninety percent wasn't anywhere near that. As a matter of fact, it was maybe ten or eleven percent. Now I want you to imagine ten or eleven percent of 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 teachers of spots being filled, and we're not talking about a couple hundred cities. Philadelphia is a big city. We are talking hundreds and sometimes thousands of of openings that are not being filled, and schools where teachers have to, they don't. There's no lunch, there's no common planning time, there's none of that. Okay, and where they are filling in, and the classes are like 50 and 60 uh, uh, pupils to a classroom. That's insane. That is just insane. Now this company wasn't paying anybody, and so of course, quite naturally, nobody was 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 uh, you know signing up 
to go out here and substitute. You know, they would almost cut the salary in half from what I understand. There was no health care, nothing like that, you know, because it's a part-time job. You know, but at least pay people for going in there. I guess they thought that, that they were going to keep most of the money and just pay out this little and it, little pittance to these teachers that were trying to go out there and, and, and service these kids. There ain't nobody going in there, you know, and their paycheck is as small as that. So there was a big hullabaloo here, and and uh, they raised the salaries. Uh, didn't quite work because, of course, in the meantime, these teachers went elsewhere to look for jobs finish school or find other jobs other than teaching. So now the well is almost dry, and now we're in a new year. School year is almost half over, and here we are. So once again, you know, I think it's been about two years since I've done a show, and I don't think we've moved much. I don't think that the conversation about Philadelphia public schools has actually moved from the last time we spoke to now. Okay. Having said that, uh, and we will we will discuss that a lot more, you know. So if 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 you don't know, you know, check out the uh, web page, the Mom Beneath the School. Also, my uh, uh, Facebook, Mom Beneath the School, and uh, I will keep you updated on what's going on, uh, what is happening with the African centered aspect, because you know we have two great African centered uh, schools in Philadelphia that are are doing good work, you know, uh, uh, we have charter schools that are doing good work, um, and public schools, don't get me wrong, are doing the best that they can with what they have to work with, okay, you can only do but so much, I mean, teachers are really pouring in their money, uh, uh, their hearts and their souls, their blood, sweat, and tears to make this thing work, you know, until it's, 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 uh, overhauled and 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 we get a new day but you know the politics uh the government uh the economics behind it you would feel that big businesses that are in Philadelphia you know uh uh, uh I would say Comcast would be number 1 they here almost tax free and we can't get any dollars from them to to help support these schools you know we we have very large entities here in Philadelphia that are making big money in Philadelphia that can help with this. You know, we don't need <coughs> new stadiums being built. We need money to be put into these schools. And, of course, since the last time we talked, I think they have now taxed cigarettes. <coughs> of course, quite naturally, you're not going to get nothing. You're taxing cigarettes, and they were talking about taxing or doing some kind of tax with, with alcohol. Vices, really, though I would understand using some of that gambling money that's in Philadelphia, <clears throat> all these gambling houses that these new gambling houses that are popping up in Philadelphia since Atlantic City is going downhill because so many localities now are just bringing gambling houses locally. I don't see why they can't ship in. But I'm going to look into that because I, I because I I don't know the full information that but we got uh, 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 one that pops into mind because it's right almost right downtown the Sugar House, okay? I, these places are making hand over foot cash, and they can help fund all of the, you know Philadelphia has money. There is money coming into this city. Okay, they, but but it, I I don't understand why there seems to be such a poverty when it comes time to funding uh, public schools. I don't understand that. I don't understand why, when it comes time to public schools, we have such a large problem. They have taxed the individual uh, homeowners to the hilt. I I I don't believe that that will. Will, will help at all. They have, they have. It's, it's, it, it, it's beyond belief that you have this, that you have this kind of money coming into this city. Okay, and we once again are having such a hard time funding as a city. Forget the state. Okay, because that budget and what they're doing is just a joke. But just as, as a city as a whole, that that these schools. 
are having such a difficult time being funded. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that aside uh, for right now. I I want to bring home that uh, yesterday I attended a symposium, uh, black uh, radical movement uh, symposium. It was wonderful. Um, I got to sit right down front, uh, you know, because of the radio station. So it was a, a wonderful thing, and I was I was very happy. And um, uh, everybody that was somebody that I've met people that I always wanted to meet. Cornell West, Dr. Cornell West was there. Dr. Angela Davis, we had met before, but it was just wonderful just seeing her. Ramona and Pam Africa were, were there. Of course, Dr. Anthony Montero, who is uh, looking, you know, there's a big movement to have him reinstated as as a professor, which if, if you go online for that also, uh, join that movement to have him reinstated in the African-American Studies Department at Temple University uh, was there. Um, and it was just, uh, they had panels, very interesting. I have to marinate in that whole uh, thing that I was, uh, that I witnessed. Um, I had a question um which, of course, dealt with public schools. And my thing was, you know, um, because we were talking about Black Lives Matter, and the panel, in, when I interjected my question, was about uh, black women and their place in the radical movement. And uh, we began to talk about, of course, I brought in female students. And, uh, uh, and if you want to prove that black lives matter, you couldn't tell it by how school children you know, now, of course, you have a room that's filled with academia. You know, you have college students, and you have professors, and you have people from all over, you know, uh, uh, who have degrees, who are, are well-educated. So you kind of preach it to the choir. That was the first thing. You know, there were some neighborhood people there, but the first thing was is that there was an audience, because I, I panned the audience a couple of times, and I got the feeling that we were talking to the, we were preaching to the choir. I wanted to see more people from the community. I wanted to see more children, high schoolers there, the people who were actually being affected by black radicalism because make no doubt about it, okay, just, to, just so we're on the same page here, okay, most of your, when, when, when the grassroots movement, okay, you're talking about, I don't, I don't, and I don't care which one you pick, but let's pick the civil rights movement. When you see those pictures of people being hosed up against the wall and they're being, those are high school kids. They were children. Adults couldn't take off from work. And the children volunteered, said, Mom, you know, Dad, I could go. Of course, parents at first, they were leery about it, but children were actually involved in that whole thing uh, in, in Mississippi and Alabama to, 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 to move the civil rights, you know, of, uh, uh, marches, okay, and, and it was the children's march. And they would start off, of course, at the church, and then they walked through the town, and it was children that were being hosed down and being arrested and being jailed. And uh, uh, um, once again, as usual, it isn't just the young academics that are that are doing something, but in many instances, when you start with grassroots, you're talking about the children, okay? And it's the kids that are that that are actually doing this once again. So I wanted to see more young faces there. I wanted to see kids there. You know, I I, I wanted to see them involved and them asking. And the young lady uh, uh, who was there, who was 16, and and. Uh, 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 um, said what school that she was from and, and had a very intelligent uh, a question about funding and about schooling, you know, and what was going on, you know, what would happen with this panel. And I thought that that's what they needed. You know, they, they uh, uh, I didn't get a chance to address when somebody brought up Rosa Parks, who, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't actually Rosa Parks that was the first to uh, uh, refuse to get up. Okay? It was a child. It was a teenager, Claudette Colbin, okay, who was actually the first one who said, I'm not, I'm not moving. 
but she wasn't the right type. See, she, you know, she got real nasty and started cursing and uh, 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 everything, and, and was very, you know, uh, you know, the way our kids are, the way we are, the way I was when I was that age. You know, and so they they wanted a a, a face that they could put on the front cover of all the newspapers. And so Rosa Parks was, was, was herded in. And she felt that Claudette Colvin should be a, another one to assist her with that, but the NAACP and the powers that be felt that Rosa Parks' face should be the one that, that, that actually uh, uh, makes this move. And, of course, quite naturally, it was historic. And, you know, uh, uh, things worked out the way that they were, but... But kids, you know, need to have a lot more credit, and 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 this this whole thing about funding public schools needs to be addressed, and it needs to be addressed by by the kids. Okay, I've I've made my speech and and everything like that. I'm I am now my my host, my guest is going to be calling in. Um, I am looking forward. Uh, to talking to him, this young man right here, Darnell Richardson, just to give you a, a little bit of background, is is a, a director. He is a producer, uh, entertainer. Uh, he has a, a, a TV show that he is about to start back up again. Uh, he has dance studios uh, all around, always dealing with a lot of. Most of the time, he's dealing with with the children of of, of Philadelphia. As a matter of fact, he has a uh, had an audition uh, just today for his play uh, that he is producing, um, and he would had a call out for 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 children, and and he is doing some very uh, exciting things. So I I can't wait to have him on. Um, there was just a few more things I wanted. Also, uh, I forgot. I wanted to give a brief. Uh, Homage to pay homage uh, to uh, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, who we lost on uh, the 7th of, of, of January, I believe, uh, the writer of the ISIS papers, uh, had a profound, uh, um, a profound statement to make as far as, you know, she was the one, the ISIS papers, and, and brought to mind uh, the the melanin theory and, and really raised a lot of eyebrows about why there was white supremacy and it was, you know, and the, the whole idea behind it and, and, and why it was and why uh, it, 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 uh, it shouldn't be because uh, we are the, the greater race due to the melanin, you know, in, in our in our skin, and, uh, uh, you know, when I taught at African Center Schools, it was one of the books that was necessary for children to read, and, and um, um, her presence will be greatly missed. Uh, I also just briefly want to say rest in peace to a young man that recently passed away, uh, Tay Walker, uh, died um, we, we, um, tragically. Uh, I, one of these shows I'm going to talk about mental health and the public school. Uh, as you know, because of the uh, recent um, cutbacks, nurses have been cut back all the way. Um, and mental health is something that we really don't talk about much in, uh, in, in, in black world. We don't discuss it. Uh, we act like it, it, you know, it doesn't exist. Um, and uh, we have a, a real issue with uh, mental health. And uh, this young man was uh, this young man was suffering and was turned down uh, because of, of mental health. And I want to discuss that. Uh, I will later. Uh, my my uh, guest is here, and now I have to. Let's see if I can't. Hello. Hello, Darnell. Hi. Hi. How, are you? How you doing? 
I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Good. Today. I was just telling everybody. I, I, you know, it, it's my first show, and so uh, they they changed the panel a little bit, and um um I started playing with the buttons. I think I screwed up a little bit, but we're here. <laughs> I fixed it before I came on. Uh, um, I was telling everybody about all the wonderful works that you're doing and that you were a former student of, of mine back in the day. Uh, uh, and so I just want you to just to tell people briefly before we actually talk about the work that you do with, with, with kids and everything like that, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and, and, and what you're involved in. Well, um, I'm again. My name is Darnell Richardson, and I am a playwright. I'm an entrepreneur, um, and I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I do a lot of few, a lot, quite a few things in our community. I have a dance school, uh, which we're celebrating six years this spring, called Dance Forever Studios. We're located in the West Philadelphia area. Uh, we train students from the ages of two all the way up to adults. And dancing, not just dancing, but we're teaching life skills. We're teaching them culture. We're teaching them different things to allow them to be viable members to our community. Um, in addition to that, I have a production company where we specialize in marketing, event planning, artist management. Uh, we have clients all over the United States that we um, help pretty much with their brands and getting their brand to be noticed by the public. Okay, and tell us a little bit about the uh, about the play that you're doing. Okay, um, so we have a play that we do every year around this time, um, which is called Stand Up, Speak Up, which is a play um, featuring youth from across the tri-state area, Philadelphia, New Jersey, and Delaware. And what we do is we bring these youth in on stage, and they perform um, a show that's dealing with bullying, that's dealing with racism, different um, social issues that happen in our community. Um, and we're putting um, we're putting together with music for the community. So this is something that we do every year. This is actually our third year doing this production. So it's going to be taking place on February 26th, which is a Friday, at the Community Education Center in West Philadelphia. Okay. Now I'm going to, you know, once we, we do our thing, I'm going to. Uh, Darnell also did my my webpage. So he's just got his his finger and his hands and everything. And before we even start, before I start talking African Senate, I tell everybody about the circus that you did. Yes, we um, we produced a circus in Philadelphia a few weeks ago. Excuse me, it's called the Magical Winter Wonderland Circus, and we had acts from all over the United States that came to perform. Um, the event took place at the West Philadelphia Achievement Charter Elementary School, which is in West Philadelphia at 67 Kylo Hill. Shout out to Dr. Phillips. Mm-hmm and the WPH's family. Um, but, again, we had a circus that was fantastic. We had acrobatic dogs. We had um, rapping clowns. We had so many different talented acts that were all across the United States that came to Philadelphia to perform at the circus. And it was two sold-out shows, which was fantastic. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Donna, there's so much that, that you're, you're into, but I, I did want to touch on, because, as you know, the show talks about uh, – the education and, and the miseducation of, of African students. Tell me how your African-centered uh, background, you know, uh, that's how you and I met at uh, the School. Say how that uh, influenced what it is that you do now. Well, for one, it taught me discipline. It taught me to, to just step out on stage and try things and, you know, knowing where I come from and that we are, we do come from greatness. Um, that you know, a lot of uh, a lot of things that we are using today is, is was created in Africa. So, mm-hmm. um, with that being said, um, it, it gave me that foundation that I needed to make my businesses a bit well, not just business, but quite a few different companies um, to be successful today. In addition to teaching um, our students and people that are connected with my brand on um, the importance of culture and knowing thyself. Okay. Exactly, exactly. And when you say discipline, what do you mean by that? Well, discipline as far as, um, for one, working with a team, knowing how to work together. A lot of people, especially in business, we're like, I look at a lot of businesses as like crabs in the barrel. They don't want to support each other. They're pulling right. each other down. But working together to um, accomplish a mission as a team, you know, it shouldn't be controversy between two companies if you're doing the same thing or someone in the same industry. Working together right. to um, – to better the community. 
Exactly. Exactly. People. Which is what it, and and that's really what it's all about. And working with the community. What do you yes. see for the future? Now we talked about what you've done, what you have done, what you're doing. Okay. What? Mm-hmm. But what does the future hold for for Darnell Richardson? And 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 is it D Rich Productions? Yes, D Richardson Productions. Yes. So what we're actually we're actually caught me in the midst of um today we're planning for 2000 our fall because we really start our season in the fall. More so with our dance studio. So we're actually right now in a rebranding phase where we're working on opening up about a few different chapters in different cities. Right now we're working on Atlanta. We're working on Baltimore. We have Philadelphia already. Um, and we're also working on Westchester. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And the TV show, how is that, how yes, is that we, coming along? We have, we're actually, um, we don't have the date solidified yet, but we are producing a new television show. We had one a few years ago. That was on air on Comcast and Verizon Cable for three years, which was called Island Philly Artist TV, uh, which we had guests from Will Smith. We had um, Christopher Wales. We have so many different celebrities on that show, not just um, A-list celebrities, but we also had local um, talent as well where we gave uh, them exposure um, to help them with their brand as an artist. But we have a new show that will be coming out um, this spring. Again, we don't have mm-hmm. exact time listings for that show yet, but the show is called okay. Artist Talk. TV. Um, uh-huh. It's basically a show that gives exposure to local artists um, that are looking for a way to uh, increase their brand, to get people to know who they are, and not just to hear their music, but to hear their backstory. So we, we allow them an opportunity to perform live on the show, in addition to giving them an interview where the audience can learn more about them. In addition to that, we also provide them with artist development tips, and we provide them with photo shoots to help them along their way in their journey. Oh, wonderful. Well, Darnell, now listen, if people listening now, they want to get in touch with you, what what do they have to do? Yes, you can. I'm on Facebook under Darnell Omari Nazim, which Omari Nazim is my African name that I received in naming ceremony in high school. Um, okay. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, my Instagram, my Twitter. Uh, pretty much all my social media is the same. It's um, un, um, artistdrich underscore CEO. Um, okay. on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Periscope. Um, in addition to uh, my website is drichprod.com. That's www.drichprod.com. Okay, so if they have any auditions that they want to do or if they have kids that want to get involved, that is what they have to do, uh, drichprod, P-R-O-D, and that's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, to get in touch yes. with you. Okay, yes, that's ma'am. great. Darnell has been wonderful. I am so, and I just want to say personally how proud I am of, of all of your accomplishments and and everything that you've done. Uh, I I love what you've done with my my my, my personal webpage. That's another thing, folks. You all got to need a webpage up. You know, D Rich Pride. You know, get 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 on get on board with that because he does a wonderful job and it's fast. You know, so, uh, uh, but I am so proud of everything that you have done, and uh, I I want you, you know, come back. I want to invite you back again real soon. I would love to be back. Thank you so much for having me on today. Okay. Thank you, uh, Darnell. Take care now. You're welcome. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was, uh, that was uh, one of my sons, Darnell Richardson. And uh, really a fine young man, and I mean young brother, you know, all the things that, that he is doing. And I, I want to touch on what he said, which was about uh, discipline, you know. And now that he mentioned it, that wasn't a word that I would have used, but now that I'm thinking about it, it was discipline, that there were certain things that were expected. You know, when in the African-centered school, African-centered where Africa did, because it's, it's, not, it's not brain surgery, where Africa is the center of all learning. And once you do that and you, you move all of that education, all of that learning, all everything, the whole civilization, the whole kit and caboodle from where we are to Africa and then branch out, it, it, the world just looks different. And that's a discipline. That is something that you have to discipline yourself to do. And it's something that because we have been taught to look at it 
from a white perspective. We have taught to been to look at everything through the eyes of a white perspective. Religious, okay, whether or not it's religious, whether or not it is it is uh our our own past, our own culture, whatever it is, our language, okay, the books that we read, everything we have we have been taught to look through a white perspective. And speaking of of of, of our ancestor Dr. Dr. Welsing, uh, 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 which she said it was because of the m- melanin in our in our veins in our in our skin that made us the powerful people that we are. Um, and I, being a noted psychiatrist, I am not one to argue with her. I, but I will say this: that 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 whole thing of wiping out our culture and everything was planned so that we could be in the situation that we are in right now. And it was and 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 it was very successful. Because looking at where we are right now, we're having the same argument that we did 40 and 50 and 60 years ago. I'm going to play a little music and when I come back I'm going to talk a little bit more about the black uh radical in our time symposium and discuss some of the things that were being discussed so hold on we're going to be we're going to be right back We're gonna stand around this town And let what others say come true We're just good for nothing They all figure A boy's grown-up shiftless chicken Now we can't hardly stand for that Or is that really where it's at? We people Who are darker than blue Talking about brown and yellow too. Hi, yellow girl, can you tell? You're just the surface of our dark deep well. If your mind could really see, you'd know your color is the same as me. Pardon me, brother, as you stand in your glory. I know you won't mind. If I tell the whole Thank you. 
I tell you, time, this hour just flies by. Um, and I, I wanted to spend the last uh, segment of the show, I wanted to talk about something that was very powerful as I brought up uh, the Black Radical Coalition uh, Symposium. <clears throat> and basically they brought together some of the, the uh, more leftist, socialist, ideal, idealists together to come together to talk about um, uh, situations in Philadelphia and how we could bring about change, which is wonderful. And and they even had uh, Mumia Abu-Jamal, you know, the uh, uh, brother that is incarcerated, uh, 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 um, who was actually supposed to be freed, and he's still in jail. I don't know how that worked out uh, for uh, supposedly uh, killing a police officer, which uh, to this day he says he didn't do, and and uh, 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 I personally believe him because I remember back in the day when he was doing news for WDAS. I don't know if anybody else is that old that remembers that, you know, so I don't see why he would throw that away, you know, in in, in, in all of that, that hullabaloo that happened. And uh, uh, so uh, Mama Pam Africa, of course, was there, and, and he was allowed to, to speak to the audience. I wasn't there. That happened today or yesterday evening. And I was there from like 8.30 in the morning, and I left about 3. And I think it was yesterday. It was it was last evening. So I missed I missed that uh, that that portion of it. But that must have been very very powerful. Um, I'm going to tell you. Uh, I, I call this segment the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm going to tell you. Um, once I got over being embraced by all of that greatness, and there was greatness in that room. Uh, there were shoulders in that room that I have stood on. Okay, uh, if it wasn't for Dr. Angela Davis uh, being on the front cover, that you young kids wouldn't know anything about this, but when I came up, to see the difference is, when when you went to school, you were involved in the movement. When you came out of school, you were involved in the movement. The movement was all around you. All of the people that you have in your history books were very much alive when I was, was, was in junior high and high school. Dr. Angela Davis was on the front cover of, 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 of Look and Time and Life magazine, America's Most Wanted. And I'm telling you, uh, she was my heroine, and if I wasn't going to go to college for any other reason, I was going to college because Angela Davis went to college, and if she went to college, there must be something there for me. But I had those are the kind of people that we had as spokespeople for the for the for the black race, the black women, you know, young Sonia Sanchez, young Nikki Giovanni, okay, young Aretha Franklin, I. You I, you were surrounded. You surrounded. You know, the first black woman uh, voted to uh, uh, the Congress because at the time I lived in Brooklyn. Okay, uh, Shirley Chisholm was came out of my grandmother's neighborhood, and was my grandmother was the first one to to uh, 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 support. Okay, and, and, and go out there and, and rally for for her election. Okay, so it I was surrounded. I was I was surrounded, and all the talk, everything was political about how black people were going to to rise up. You had the Black Panthers who were strong in in in, in New York City and, and 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 in Brooklyn. So it was never a question. So when I walked into that room, I had the I was in awe. You know, I was in awe of these of this greatness that was in this room. Move Ramona Africa, you know, stood for. Everything that did, you know, uh, uh, the, the the horrible uh, atrocities at Osage. Okay, we were right here. I was, I was, I was here, and I was a grown woman then. You know, still in college, but I was, a, I was grown. Okay, so all of these people that I have, I have grown up to admire these black women and black men that I have grown up to admire were in this in this room. Dr. Cornell West, I was reading his books. You know, and, uh, 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 long before 
I had finally had a chance to, to shake his hand. So these were people long before he was on the Matrix, you know, whichever Matrix that was, one, two, or three, whichever one that was. All of these people. So you, you had to kind of take it in. And young people, of course, they read about them in books and history books and everything. But I knew them. They were my mentors in, as, as a child. This is who I want to be. They weren't in a history book yet. They were alive and kicking. Okay, they, you know they were doing their thing when I was growing up. Okay, so so this was this was something where I had to kind of take it all in. Then you know once you take it all in, and and as you know, because now I'm 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 I'm, I'm old. You know, I've died at, at my age, fifty-seven. I'm, you know, part of the the statement that I had made, and I had made it to the to the collective, you know, before I had asked my question. I was all for Black Lives Matter. I was I was in it. I was ready. The revolution was getting ready to start. You know, without my radio show, it was getting ready to start. Man, I was I was ready. I had my marching boots on. You know, I I was freedom now. And then somehow or another, it it, it turned, it it got it got washed. It got whitewashed, and it became a T-shirt. Was it a good movement? Yes. Was it done by young people? Yes. But somehow or another, it was reduced to a saying. And I am, I'm tired of sayings. I'm tired of acronyms. I'm tired of, of us, you know, taking something powerful. You know, all of the, from Chicago to Detroit. How many young black men we going, we, we are, are we intending on putting on a T-shirt? I got the T-shirt that says Black Lives Matter, bought it from a black man, the House of Nubian, bought it online, bought it from a black, bought it from a brother. How many are we actually going to try and fit on this T-shirt before we rise up and actually do something? Before we actually rise up and take that symposium and take it out into the street. Now, I heard street talking because, like I said before, uh, before the break, I was talking about they were, this was a more socialist, okay? And, and for those of you who are not political socialists, you, you have Democrats on the left, and then all the way over at the end of that leftist spectrum, you have socialists. And then at the way end, you know, at the period at the end of the leftist cycle, you have communists. So you got the socialists, which I am, I'm, I'm pushing towards. I'm, there's a, the movement called, a party called the, the Socialist Democrat or the Democratic Socialist. Whichever it is, it's like in between being a Democrat and being a socialist. I'm there. I'm there. If, and if you have seen some of the Republicans that is running for office, you should be there also. But I'm, I'm right there. So you had a very leftist type of an attitude there, but I want to see more. I want to see Mama Pam Africa when she wants to shut those banks down, okay, because she feels that that is the reason why we are being robbed is because these banks are not supporting our communities, which it, which led to gentrification, which is a whole other subject that I, I do want to talk about also because that definitely affects public schools, and the miseducation of our children. Another day for another topic. I want to actually them down. I'm waiting. And maybe I, I shouldn't wait. Maybe now that I have actually moved to Philadelphia, maybe something needs more radical needs to be done. Okay, I, I think that's what it was when I was sitting there, you know, that I was saying I, I, I wanted more activism i wanted i wanted more dates when can i show up when are we going to march to the bank i don't just don't want to march because they did have a march that was planned i'm tired of marching you know just marching freedom now and everybody makes a speech and then we all disperse i'm tired of doing that. i did that 
You know, I did that in March on Watts. I did that. I did that. I did that and over and over and over again. I've done that. I want to march somewhere. Okay, I want to march someplace. And I want to see action. That's what happened in the beginning with Black Lives Matter in Missouri, University of Missouri. Wonderful. They shut it down. They shut it down. And it was the football team. And that's where you hit them. That was their bank. The football team sat down. And it said, until you get rid of the president of this school and all of this, 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 this racist agenda that you have, we're not playing. That's shutting it down. I'm not talking about shooting nobody. I'm not talking about any of that. But the way that you hit things is through the pocket. We are talking about and begging people to fund these schools. I don't want, I don't, shouldn't have to beg. I shouldn't have to beg the state of, of Pennsylvania to pay me a salary, because I'm a teacher, to pay me the salary that I'm deserved. With all the with all the benefits that go along with that. I don't I don't think that that's asking for much. And we shouldn't have to beg. I I I, I know I'm tired of marching for that. I shouldn't have to march anymore. I want to march some, if I do march, I want to march someplace that is going to get shut down. And the way to do that, okay, is through the pocket. Because that's what we need. These casinos, as I brought up, these stadiums, speaking about football, baseball, basketball, good Lord, we got the worst teams in, 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 in professional sports. The least y'all could do is, is give up some money for for the schools. I ain't talking about that penny ante stuff that y'all do in the neighborhood. I I've seen that and I am not impressed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I've seen it. And it's it's all right, you know, I, I'm not in take that money right there. You know, uh uh and, and like like uh 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 Shane Victorino he built a uh a, a Y or some kind of that was nice. Some kind of boys club or whatever it was with his name on it. I would rather you give a check, and then let the 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 the, the, the uh, teachers and the and the administrations decide what to do with this money. I am I am just so tired of of all this stuff. You know, give to this disease, give to that disease. I I see him on the commercials. I hear him talking. I'm not impressed, okay? And I, I I, believe that they should be doing something more than what they're doing, especially at the prices that they charge to see these whack behind teams that we got. I'm still pissed off at the Eagles. You know, I bleed green, but I am still pissed. Give up some money for these schools. I bet you if we had something that said for every loss that the Sixers had, they had to give up $10,000 to a school, I bet you we'd have a winning team. I bet you that. I bet you for every every time one of those baseball players didn't hit a home run, they had to give $1,000 to a school, I bet you they'd be smacking that ball over the fence every single day. I bet you that. And the gambling casino, I, you know, I really don't understand that. I really, I don't, I, 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 <laughs> I don't understand how you can have all these casinos all over Philadelphia and they don't pay no taxes, well, not pay taxes, but they don't give any money towards something that is so necessary as public schools. You tax the cigarettes, but you can't tax them. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Comcast. Comcast live in Philly for free. I got to pay. I I don't mind. I love Philly. Put some money in this pot. You are reaping all the benefits of being here in Philly, but yet you you know, and you give out you dole out, but it it's not it it, it can't be enough. If the superintendent of schools is threatening, and you know he threatens a lot, but he has a point that we don't have any money and they are haggling over this budget 
and the best that you could come up is 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 a, is a tax on cigarettes, and 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 if that's the best that you could do, that when you all come to the table, this is what you have now. Once again, because I'm going to start going and recording what happens at City Hall. I'm going to actually go because I may be talking out the side of my neck. Maybe there's things that are happening that I that I don't know. But now that I am here in the city, I'm going to find out. I want to find out who, what seems to be the problem. We shouldn't have this problem. These books shouldn't be this old. Teachers should not have to buy pencils and books and paper. We shouldn't have to do that. We really honestly shouldn't. The job is hard enough. We should not have to fund. Is it that basic? I mean, that's how broke we are right now. If we don't buy it, it won't get had. It just won't get got. And that's insane. And then I got to fight you over my salary? I I, I don't I don't understand that. I don't understand that at all. You know, anyway, back to the symposium. I'm sorry, I went off on a little time right there. So the symposium, you know, it, it, it gathered together here. I want to see more. You know, before my time is up on this earth, I want I I want to see something as radical as what I remember. I know what radical looks like. I know what it smells like. I know how it dresses up. I I I know what it feels like. I know what's getting ready to happen when it, when it's a grassroots thing, which is what's going to happen again. I know it, and I feel that 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 it's going to happen. But a lot of us that are older, or maybe a little timid, maybe a little afraid. You know, afraid what's what 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 will happen, the outcome. You know, Doctor Anthony Montero. You know, he don't care what he say, and he lost his job because of it. Folks, it's over. My hour is up. I gotta go. But listen, it's been real. Next week, don't miss next week. I got my my a former student of mine, Ricky Codio. Uh, entrepreneur, photographer, famous photographer. You know, he's doing his thing. And uh, go online, look him up, R-I-C-K-Y, Codio, C-O-D-I-O, and look him up and see what he's into, and I'm going to check you out. And remember that that the wellspring of knowledge may be above the school, but we have to pay attention to those things that are happening, happening beneath it, the mind beneath the school. Take care. I'm not a hunter, but I'm told that uh, in places like in the Arctic, where indigenous people uh, sometimes might might hunt a wolf. They, they'll, they'll take a double-edged blade and they'll put blood on the blade and they'll melt the ice and stick the handle in the ice so that only the, the, the blade is protruding and that a wolf will smell the blood and want